Put the suckers works out, man, it's time to drink. You know, all I need is some afterward drinks. This is how we do when the week is through. Welcome to the After Work Drinks Podcast. Here are your hosts. All right, welcome in to the very special edition of After Work Drinks Podcast, the booze and booze especial, because it is fall time, it is Halloween time, booze, get it, get it, and we're here at Soldier Field, live, to tape, to tape, and there's plenty of that other kind of booze that ends in a Z-E, and I'm standing here with the, the man, the myth, the legend who is hosting this tailgate, Chef Brett, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing tonight? They are doing fantastic. It is the afternoon, not the night, but you never know when these people listen to this podcast. They could be listening at nighttime. You could be the last thing they hear before they go to bed. How do you feel about that? I feel great. I mean, it's always my dream to be something that somebody hears before they go to bed at night. So, you know, it's always a a win in my book. I agree. Let's uh, make sure your wife back there didn't hear that one. (laughs) Ayo. Uh, so who do we got here? Who do we got here? We got this whole crew. We got this whole crew. Who, who's in attendance so far? Yeah, we got we got we got some friends here. We got uh, we got Mike. We got Chris. We got Brian. We got the ladies. Uh, Kirby, Angela, uh, Bridget, Katie. Say hello, everybody. Hi. See, Brett's not lying. He knows women. He's married to one. Good for him. Uh, and uh, you've got uh, quite the spread here on the table. You got all kinds of snacks. Uh, what's the main course over here? I hear there's some world famous chili. Yeah, we got some chili today made with uh, cut roast uh, ground beef, Anaheim chilies. We got serranos, jalapenos, red bell. Uh, we got some spice too. We got cumin. We got chili powder, salt, ground pepper, ground black pepper. We got cayenne in there as well. And then over here, we got some shrimp, pineapple skewers, and uh, some chicken meatballs to go as well. So. I am looking forward to uh, consuming some of this. I like the way you just like gave a hard stare at that chili. Like as you stared intently at it, you rattled off each ingredient. Like you were looking at it, you were looking through it, you were looking inside the chili. Yeah, well, you know when you spend six, seven hours of your life uh, creating this uh, delicious uh, creation, it almost becomes part of you. You know, it's almost like a child that you just become uh, accustomed to, uh, to to getting getting to know on a personal level. So I know that I know this chili like uh, like it's one of my own. I like that. I like that. Usually people have pet children. You have chili children. I'm a big fan of that. So we've been going around the past month doing a lot of different events uh, to commemorate this booze and booze special edition of the podcast. And uh, I want to toss it over to the first stop that we had in the beginning of October. Uh, we all went out for the Conor McGregor fight. Didn't go so well for him, but uh, we're going to stop in. We're going to have a, a little little snippet of what went down that night. And then from there, we're going to jump into our What's Hoppin' segment. And we're going to let you know all the news and events going on in the alcohol world. So stay tuned. More to come with Chef Brett. All right, this is Pooch here with the After Work Drinks podcast. There's a car zooming by. We're in the parking lot of the Tilted Kilt in Bolingbrook, where the waitresses are nice yes. and the Very beer nice. is just tasty. Yes, and uh, and the fight just ended. The big Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov fight. That guy. Uh, we just call him. We just call him Khabib. That guy. The homie Khabib, and he he choked. He's uh, He choked Conor out. He made him. He made very, him tap. Very uh, violent. Yeah, he's a, a, a he's a, a, a very 
a very violent Russian man, and he had a lot of he had a lot of Russian he might be, fans. He might be related to Putin. I don't know. Yeah, he he had a lot of <laughs> he had a lot of fans. Uh, they they wanted to drink whiskey. They did. It was exciting. But uh, I'm here Marco? with Marco. I'm here with my friends oh, Pico, my friend Pico Martel and Prince. Uh, what did you guys think of the fight? Oh, it was fucking awesome, man. McGregor lost. It was oh. great, baby. It was good after the fight. The, the when after the fight was crowd. very exciting. Um, that part was I did not expect the fight to go that way, but, you know, the after fight was interesting, to say the least. So, oh, so, McGregor. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's an explicit podcast. You okay, can cool, swear. Okay, cool, cool. But, uh, yeah, so. I, I expect a part two to this. Yeah, I would think yes, there'd have sir. to be a rematch. Yes, I, think, um, I think so. Khabib had a lot of hugging going on. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but he he won both technically and uh, and with the submission there. So since this is a drinks podcast, we will be reviewing your McGregor's new drink, right? Yeah. Well, I don't well, I don't have a bottle. Hit, proper twelve. Yep. Yeah, proper oh, twelve Irish whiskey. Yeah. Oh, I want to get it. Oh, I've been looking for it. We need we need Orland. Proper twelve. So unfortunately, unfortunately, I know some of this group who has it or has seen it. I've seen it. Proper twelve. So, yeah, so one of us needs to go get some proper twelve and, and drink to Connor's sorrows because it was it was not. We'll, we'll meet up again. I'll, it, I'll look it was not his I'll best showing. Uh, it, there was two options. He was either gonna win and talk more shit than he ever talked in his yes, entire sir. life, yes, or he was gonna lose like he did. And he yeah, didn't just he didn't, he didn't just lose. He tapped. So he yeah. needs to shut the fuck up Pretty for bad. a while. But then that got yes. overshadowed by this huge brawl. Khabib. Yes, It was written on his face. Yeah, I This is amazing. That's the sound effects of, of Russian men or <laughs> at least European men. Habib. That's right. That's right. Yes! Habib! 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 Where are you from, my friend? Uh, uh, I'm American, but first in the state. <laughs> but you like uh, old nation. Yes, sir. He does. He likes a winner. Yes, sir. And I love vodka. He's on the winning I'm side. Like vodka! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Be safe, brother. See you next time. Right yes, here. Right here. Yes. Right here. Yes, right here. Next fight. Next fight. Uh, be careful. Wow, that guy's yeah. All right, so. <laughs> All right, so th so these gentlemen. These gentlemen are uh, getting into a car. Uh, it doesn't look like they have a designated driver, so... Uh, Not at all. Hopefully it'll be all right. Khabib right. might be about, about to lose like 2% of his fan base in that, in, that, in that SUV right there, so we hope not. We hope not. As, as we always say when we sign off on the podcast, uh, you know, please, please, don't, please don't drink and drive. So uh, I think they're... Oh, they're honking. Uh, so I, I think they're disobeying our, the whole please don't drink and drive thing, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so there was a big brawl uh, for anybody that still hasn't seen the fight by the time you hear this. Um, Khabib decided to hop over the octagon. It was awesome. <laughs> he, hopped, he hopped over. He went He went into the crowd. He went after McGregor's people. Some guy He's in a red shirt. Hands in the crowd. Sure. As of this recording, I have no idea who the guy in the red shirt was. He was hopped, guy. Was it? He what hopped over and he, he went after he went after McGregor. Um, the belt stayed in the ring while the fighters got ushered out. I, I, give it to I, I don't know if Khabib's gonna get like stripped or punishment or what. Uh, McGregor didn't didn't stand. He he took he he threw hands as well after yes, the sir. fight. He he yes, wasn't gonna he let the, he wasn't gonna let the guy coming in and just throw hands on him. 
but but this is this is fun because uh, we're we're recording little uh, tidbits on location all in the month of October for our, our booze and booze booze and booze. You get it? B o o s b o o z e. We're so freaking clever on this podcast. I like it. The booze and booze. I dig it. Edition, special edition, uh, gonna come at the uh, the end of this month. You'll be listening to this. It'll be glorious. Um, so this was this was our first little uh, pop in at an event for October. There's a lot of events. We're gonna try to make it out to as many as possible. So uh, date one, October six, Conor McGregor, Khabib, Burger Burger Burger. It went well. So uh, if if you like if you like to drink and watch fights, this was the place to be, baby. <laughs> baby. Woo. We're gonna throw it back to the studio here on the After Work Drinks podcast. Booze and booze, especially y'all. Booze and booze, I dig it. Stay tuned. My Instagram's weak as fuck. Instagram's weak as fuck. Cheese. Want to see what the guys are drinking, where they're drinking it, and who they're drinking it with? Visit them at Instagram.com slash AWD podcast. That's right. Let us know what you're drinking and tell us which breweries, wineries, and distilleries you think we should visit next. Follow us today at AWD Podcast. It's time for all the latest news and events. What's going on? This is What's Happened. BrewDog is the headline-grabbing brewery behind the world's first craft beer hotel, which we spoke about way back in episode one of the podcast. So it isn't too surprising that they have created the world's first airline devoted to experiencing seriously good suds. BrewDog founder James Watt explains, We're on a mission to open minds and excite people about what craft beer is and can be. Watt's company believes craft beer is the only way to fly. In his press release, he emphasizes that booking a seat on the plane is a must for any serious beer lover, and that BrewDog Airlines will be an experience like no other. We've redesigned the flight experience for optimum beer enjoyment, from the food to the entertainment, the cabin crew, and most of all, the specially brewed high-altitude beer. The airline's maiden voyage goes down in 2019 between February 21st and the 25th, and will transport passengers from London to the site of BrewDog's U.S. brewery location in Columbus, Ohio. Some important details, the package itself costs $1,600, the Boeing 767 only holds 210 people, and most importantly, it's currently only open to people BrewDog refers to as equity punks. The punks are the 80,000 or so investors in the business. So what crazy idea will BrewDog come up with next? Maybe they'll partner with Elon Musk and do beer in space. To read our full source article, visit Maxim.com. And for more information on becoming a future passenger, visit BrewDogAir.com. Auction house Christie's will end the year with the sale of an extraordinary collection of American whiskey, scotch, and cognac that predates Prohibition. Christie's New York will offer the 100-year-old collection in its last sale of 2018 on Friday, the 7th of December. The 40 cases of unopened bonded whiskey distilled as early as 1914 were discovered in 2017 on the west coast of America in secret vaults built by banker Jean-Baptiste Leonis in the early 1920s. The bank vaults, sealed with a combination lock, were constructed behind bookcases. 
Christie's calls the Lots the most comprehensive and important collection of pre-prohibition bourbon ever to appear at auction. The collection includes pint bottles of Hermitage whiskey distilled in 1914, Old Crow distilled in 1912, and Biltmore Rye Maryland bottles earmarked for the famous Los Angeles Biltmore Hotel, in addition to ancient cognacs and rare Macallan Scotch whiskies. Hermitage Distillery remained in production until the start of Prohibition, when it was converted into a chair factory. The distillery was eventually demolished in 1945. And built in 1872, Old Crow lay dormant during Prohibition, and the original site later became the home of Woodford Distillery. Man, I wonder how much that'll go for at auction. And then if you have the winning bid, what do you do with it? Do you just admire your new collection, or do you start opening those suckers and taking a swig out of every bottle? I know what I'd do. You can read the full story at thespiritsbusiness.com. And we'll wrap things up with a little local event news, as we always like to do. The Chicago Field Museum has opened a new exhibit entitled Brewing Up Chicago, How Beer Transformed a City. Early in the exhibit, we learned that Chicago was a whiskey town, or more accurately, a whiskey trading outpost. But then came the German immigrants William Haas and Andres Solzer, arriving in the wee village of Chicago in 1835 with, quote-unquote, enough equipment to found the city's first successful commercial brewery. Although hosted by the field, the exhibit actually comes from the nascent Chicago Bruseum. That nonprofit, being developed by Chicago beer historian around town, Liz Garabay, hopes to have a building of its own by 2021. Brewing Up Chicago cannot serve beer, but it does a very good job making sure the actual beverage gets a starring role here. This is not an exhaustive show. It occupies just one room from which it serves up quick takes on the history that it explores. But it's detailed enough to wet your whistle for a cold one, which you can grab over in the Museum Bistro, and for more information, which the Bruseum will serve up one of these days. And credit for our source material goes to Steve Johnson of the Chicago Tribune. He did a really great job uh, reviewing this new exhibit, and I think it's definitely going to pique the interest of any beer historian, but especially if you hail from Chicago. You can read Steve's full article at chicagotribune.com. Brewing Up Chicago runs now through January 5th at Chicago's Field Museum, located at 1400 South Lakeshore Drive. Entry to the exhibit is included with your general admission ticket. And for more information, you can visit www.fieldmuseum.org. All right, we're back here on the After Work Drinks podcast. We are in the Adler Planetarium parking lot adjacent to Soldier Field. We are getting it going here for this Bears versus Jets game. And uh, before the big game, we're playing some drinking games. And uh, I have to say that I was on the winning team here with Mr. Chef Brett. Brett, you uh, sunk the last cup for us. Were you proud of that moment? Yes, I was very proud. You know, I've done that many times before being a fraternity member of Delta Dicks. Uh, it's, it's actually Delta Phi Digma Delta Kappa Delta Dicks. So we're, uh, we're, we're fraternity here in Chicago. We're, um, we're local. We, uh, we're kind of like old school where we only uh, initiate older members that have no real goals in life. Uh, Mike's a member as well. He's a founding member. He's actually a godfather. Uh, but anyways, I think I did him proud hitting that cup. You know, I felt real good when uh, when the ball went in, and uh, yeah, I, I felt I felt real good out there. 
It, it only took you and I like 30 tries on that last cup, but we got it done. Yeah, we did get it done, Chris. I think, uh, you know, it was a team, real team effort. You know, uh, I think uh, we had to play the wind real well. It was a good gust coming from the southeast, uh, about 15, 15, 17 miles an hour. But uh, we got the job done in the end of the day. Darn right. It was the game before the game, and uh, Brett's our quarterback. So right now we are going to jump into the first of two Pints Up, Pints Down segments. We usually do this once an episode, but we've got two. A little bit later on we're going to do some beer review, but this is our first Pints Up, Pints Down where we reviewed some wine. Danielle and I went to Wine Riot Chicago, uh, right where you and I work. Chef, Chef and I, uh, we're co-workers. I, I do not work in the culinary industry, but yet somehow I am his co-worker. I am his sous chef for this evening. And uh, so we went to Wine Riot, Danielle and I, and we had a great time. We kind of do a little on-the-scene reporting, and then we give our top three tastings that we had that evening. So check it out, especially if you are a vino connoisseur, or as I like to say, wino. And uh, we'll be back with plenty more on the After Work Drinks podcast, the Booze and Booze Special. Stick with us. Pooch here, After Work Drinks podcast, and I am joined by Danielle. What's up, squad? And uh, we are sitting here in the West Loop, uh, the location for this awesome event that I've been to a couple times in years past called Wine Riot. Uh, Wine Riot Chicago is being held this year at the Revel Fulton Market, uh, which is right down the block from where I work, which is very convenient because the day job makes me drink, and I'm about to do it a block away walking is safe it's quite quite nice cannot wait i'm thirsty looking forward to um meeting some other wine connoisseurs and some novices as well obviously like myself um i'm thirsty let's get this thing going yeah uh you don't have to be an expert but they do have experts there they have crash course classes you could sit in on for like 10 15 minutes uh if you're like into hearing like poetic descriptions of the wine some booths give you that others are just like give me let me drink i'm, I'm here for one reason it tastes good let me go uh i've been excited because it's been a rough week at work so it's a great way to start the weekend and unwind i even i even made like a parody theme song when i was bored and daydreaming at work you know you know little john and the east side boys and get low so i was thinking up the words to pooch and the south side boys merlot <laughs> to the riesling to the wall to the rose drips down my ah mm. oh, drink 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 mother hubbard ah oh, drink drink gosh darn so he was a very censored version <laughs> I like that you kept it PG, so uh, let's take this walk down the street. All right. Uh, we'll check in again momentarily and give you our first impressions and let you know what we see through our eyes. Unfortunately, if you want to drink wine, you're going to have to buy a bottle at your nearest store and uh, do that yourself. But we'll have some recommendations shortly. Stay tuned. All right. We're inside of Wine Riot. We are uh, about just under an hour in. Uh, we've, we've done a, a lap. We've, we've made some friends we've talked to some people we've taken some business cards uh, i'm feeling a little tipsy are you feeling a little tipsy i am not but i am probably ready for round two shortly but uh let's do a little recap on what we've covered so far what's in your top hit list so uh there was a saint james winery uh cherry wine that's totally of course it, of course it, it's leading the way i don't know if it's gonna make my final top three later we'll see uh, you like to can wine. Yes, I'm all about this new can wine. It's called Backpack. They are a winery out of, I think, Washington State. 
if I recall correctly, and we actually bombarded the family when we were at the stand, so I think that's a good sign. And we just tried one that was from South Africa, and I've already forgotten the name, but it'll, it'll, I'll say it later. I believe Jam Jar, and there it might have been, it was, was it, uh, it was. who else sponsored it? Pharrell, or Did she someone say of some sort like that. Okay, yeah. for, if Pharrell likes it, so do I. Um, and that and, might be totally the wrong person, but... Well, somebody likes it. Somebody's somebody's a big fan, a sponsor or something. Uh, when I sober up and, and talk about it later, I'll make sure I have my, my shit together. Uh, but we also, in doing a lap, uh, we got some tattoos. Not real ones. That would have been cool too. Oh, but... come on. You had to spoil it all? Oh, I'm sorry. So, so what did you go with? You have the little dove with the heart and it says drink more wine and I got a mermaid who is topless that I got here a few years ago she's a classy lady she is a classy lady I mean it's like kind of like Titanic when she's like paint me like one of your draw me like one of your French women Jack like it's that kind of like you know chest action it's not it's not raunchy look at this Okay, she's a mermaid. I'll give it to her, though. All right, all right. So uh, I think she's classy. She's holding a bottle of wine. We're going to go get some more wine, uh, and we will be back momentarily. Checking with you guys later. Time for a little more after-work beveraging. That is true. It is literally Friday. We went to work. My wor- my week was hard. Was your week hard? Everyone's is, right? So, uh, yeah, we need some more wine. we got to make up for that, that rough grind we had the last five days. Stay tuned. All right, many more laps later, uh, we met some awesome people, Cindy and Dennis from St. James. So first go around, I tried their stuff and it was delicious. Second go around, we got their story uh, straight out of Missouri. Yeah, you're welcome, by the way. Yeah, I'm the one that loves people, so I was the segue instantaneously. I mean, I love people too, but yeah, they were good people. Uh, They told us their story, married 44 years, really cool people. And you know what, like they pretty much said like, hey, like come out to Missouri, come out to our winery slash brewery slash pretty soon distillery. You didn't hear that from us. So Pooch loves their wine. It's basically juice. So anyone that's in the market for juice with alcohol content, that's your jam, St. James Winery. But if you're in the mood for something a little more sparkling, a little more bubbly, you better see my girl Jazz, okay? I'm gonna tag her so you can catch up with her cutest thing ever knows her shit moscato champagne that's her jam she will help you out um shout out to my cousin too selena your wine has been featured here tonight and it is amazing and i I don't know what it has to do with wine but we also stopped at a booth that had sake and uh we had some some accents going on two lovely ladies with the uh, irish accents going on uh, served us some sake. I, I don't know if you call the name, but it was a sweet sake, which was different. But it was absolutely amazing, and I definitely want to like go to Benny's or online or wherever I have to to get that. Sounds good. I'm always down for some Asian food. Pair it with a little uh, sparkling sake. Nice touch. So essentially, we ate, we drank, we met people. Uh, we had an absolute blast. Uh, after work drinks, Danielle and I are going to go ahead and put our heads together. We're going to come up with a top three, and we'll be back in just a second to do a, a little... I don't think it's going to be pints up, pints down. I think it's uh, wine glass up or down. Uh, we'll have that in just a second for you, give you our top three tastings that we had here at Wine Riot Chicago. Pints up. Cheers. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's amazing. Or pints down. 
This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? All right, we're each going to give a, a top three, uh, no particular order. You don't have to rank it one, two, three, but just the three that you most enjoyed. Uh, Danielle, what is your first one? I'm going to kick it off. It's probably actually my take home overall top try. I'm going to go with the Mio Sparkling Sake. Um, literally, my notes say smells like sake, but doesn't taste like it. Um, can't say I've tried a sparkling sake before and it was amazing. So for sure looking it up, gonna try to find it in a store, get it shipped out this way. Um, it was delicious. Gonna try to pair that up with some uh, Asian food for sure. Definitely, I uh, got to take a trip to the store and get that. I was a fan of that as well. Uh, the first one on my top three is going to be St. James Winery. Uh, we mentioned earlier that we talked to uh, Cindy and Dennis, was it? And they were really cool people, and we totally want to go to Missouri and visit them and their establishment. But Road trip! For sure. Um, so a lot of sweet flavors, and we made fun of me. You know, I, I like my juicy <laughs> dessert wines. Uh, it's hard to pick one. I tried the cherry and the mango. Uh, I'm going to go for the first of my three with cherry. I do... Uh, appreciate a sweet tart cherry so we're gonna go with the st james winery cherry for my first one uh what would be number two for you danielle next i'm going with a chardonnay surprise surprise i, I am a shard girl um by murph m-e-r-f and they were just casually standing at this little high top with two bottles and I was like, hey, we have to go visit these Lonely Island people. So we walked on over there and back-to-back -back shard tastings. One was a little more buttery, one was a little more oaky. The Murph was the oaky, and that was probably my take-home Chardonnay of the night. And I probably tried about, mm, I don't know, what would you say, five, six, seven shards? So that one was the, uh, the take-home for me, Murph. You totally sharded. You had a lot of Chardonnay, for sure. Uh, my number two that I want to mention is Jam Jar. Uh, Jam Jar, which I believe they said was made in South Africa. Um, this is another, another sweet one, but um, kind of a unique thing because it's actually a sweet Shiraz uh, from 2017. And Shiraz a little bit, I think, uh, drier than, than what they had there. I guess sweet Shiraz is a thing. I'm not going to pretend I'm a wine expert. Uh, one of us vacayed recently in like Italy, had a lot of wine automatic expert going to cali next month you know like also you know it's you know napa wherever else i'm sure uh you'll be able to speak to the wine much better than i can but i, I do think i know enough that shiraz should not be as sweet as this sweet shiraz was so a little offshoot on the standard uh really hit the spot great flavor great taste and again I, i'm a i'm a sweet wine guy don't get me wrong I, I like something i could pair with like a steak or a good dinner but damn it if i don't like my dessert wines uh, a whole hell of a lot so the sweet shiraz from Jam Jar, uh, big fan of that coming out of South Africa. Jam Jar also was a fun setup. I mean, the, everything was very playful. They were super intriguing, very involved. They were there for, you know, hey, their pictures, their media. They, they were up in their game in that place too. Um, last but not least, I'm probably gonna go with a little bit more of a concept and maybe not one specific flavor, but overall. So we mentioned Backpack earlier. They were the only canned wine vendor 
And for someone that likes to travel, I like to go hiking or go up into the mountains or, you know, venture out for a weekend trip, bottles can become very cumbersome. Um, but overall, just they're, they're white, they're rosé, and they're red were all good. I mean, it wasn't something that I was like, ooh, no thank you, I'm going to put it back. So I would for sure very literally throw that in my backpack to, you know, head out on a weekend adventure. And they're, they're, they're my crew. I'm going to look for them. Yeah, I mean, they didn't exactly, like, tell us that, but I feel like you read into the name Backpack. I mean, if you go on, like, maybe a little hike, you get to the top of the mountain, you have this beautiful view. I mean, sure, you can try to, like, be very delicate and careful with a bottle of wine to crack at the top of the mountain. But <laughs> or you... literally crack open when you drop it. Yeah, so unless you want to, like, lick your wine off the dirt, you know, go with the canned wine of Backpack. Um, that's kind of what I, I like. Uh, something that I learned from going to this now for the third time, Wine Riot, is that there's canned wines, there's pouch wines, and there's box wines. And before it used to be like, oh yeah, that's that like tacky, bought it at my gas station on the corner type wine. And it's not like that anymore. It kind of got rejuvenated as like, um, it's kind of like a- Box like a, wine is okay too. Right, like this canned pouch and, and box thing, it's kind of like been rejuvenated as like a, a trendy, like hip thing where you actually get a quality product inside of it. So I kind of like that it's escaping that like stigma, that stereotype and that like being able to travel with it, not a bad thing, definitely a plus. So I totally agree with you on Backpack, happy that we got to meet those guys. And I think for my number three, I mean, we do a lot of beer on this program and, and barrel aged beer. That's like a big thing. We had a bourbon barrel aged wine uh, from. I think we did that last time, right? Where we tried to make you say it like three times fast. Like bourbon barrel, bourbon barrel, like bourbon barrel aged, bourbon barrel aged wine, bourbon barrel aged wine, bourbon barrel aged wine bourbon. It's a tongue twister for sure. <laughs> uh, Finca Las Moras Cabernet Sauvignon. You speak of the Spanish? I speak of the Spanish, apparently. Finca Las Moras Cabernet Sauvignon. Not Sauvignon Blanc, but just Cabernet Sauvignon. And uh, it's a limited edition bourbon barrel aged. Uh, this thing is vintage from 2015, and it is from the vineyards of Pedernal, uh, rolling an R maybe unnecessarily, uh, the Pedernal Valley in the province of San Juan. San Juan makes me feel like I should be rolling my R. I think I got that right. And uh, let's see, it says uh, the winemaking process, it is hand harvesting bunch selection, uh, destemming fermentation and maceration in concrete and stainless steel vats during a minimum of 20 days at 77 degrees Fahrenheit, pneumatic pressing natural molactics. Okay okay, 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 okay. Let's get to the part people can understand. It's aged for 12 months in American bourbon oak barrels. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I dig beers that are aged in bourbon barrels so i definitely dig this wine that was aged in bourbon barrels it's basically got uh little aromas it says of plums raisins and oak fused in a bouquet that also evokes vanilla and candied aromas this cabernet has a very good structure on the mouth with soft and ripe tannins uh i'm gonna go hashtag mouthfeel because that's one of my favorite wine scientific words mouthfeel and uh it says that you can pair this with pasta grilled red meats and stews uh i would i would agree i, I definitely want to go see where i can go maybe Benny's or somewhere to pick this up and uh, i want to try pairing it with some of these foods because it was really delicious i like my beers this way uh i did like this wine a whole heck of a lot you tried it as well what did you think 
It was pretty good. I think it it was definitely one of those fall, maybe by the fire, nightcap kind of tastes we talk about even with our beer too. Um, we can go ahead and wrap it up, I think. And, and overall, what are you thinking? We got pints up, pints down. How about for the event or wine glass up, wine glass down? What are you thinking, Pooch? Uh, it's definitely two glasses up for the whole event. Also, I think the one person that we talked to the most was Jazz, Jasmine, at the, the Bubbly Bar. That was your girl. Uh, and she let us taste a lot of awesome stuff, uh, a lot of sweet things. We had this uh, Rosada Moscato de Asti, uh, another one Asti Tosti. Look at that. I'm just uh, rolling my stuff here. Uh, a lot of sweet wines. I'll give a lot of honorable mentions to my desserty sweet wines. Uh, yeah, you don't want to have them with your steak, but maybe after, a little dessert action. Um, so this is my third time. Third time's the charm. Uh, it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, good music, good people. Uh, good times. You you learn a lot about wine if you're a novice. You know you kind of just know what you like, but you could get some of the scientific background on it. Um, you could sit in on these classes, these tastings. It's really cool. Honestly, I almost wish they would expand it to be like a whole day long thing. I, I if you really wanted to kind of get an education, I feel like I'd sit here from noon to ten and just kind of sit in on the classes. Um, as is, you kind of feel like now I got to get all the tastings for my buck. So I, I skipped the classes. I really would like to sit in. Uh, on them though and you know get a little bit more of that so maybe maybe in the future maybe they'll extend the hours and I will give it uh, three four or five thumbs up but for now I only have two hands two thumbs up to this event what did you think it was your very first time what was your first impression first let it be known noon to ten would be a little aggressive so I'm going to call you out on that one I don't think there's enough sweet wines out there to keep you busy noon to ten but as a first-timer, Wine Riot was a blast. So if you guys haven't been, especially if you're in Chicago or even if you're out of town, come in town on the weekend of this event. It was a really good time. Awesome people. They'll let you know, hey, what you're drinking, where it's from, a little bit of their stories. Uh, we mentioned Cindy and Dennis earlier. Oh, my goodness. Dennis is wearing some awesome suspenders. Uh, hopefully you guys catch a sneak peek at that. I took a couple pictures out there for you. Um, but really just getting to know the wine, getting to try it. We had some awesome food vendors out. I did not uh, take part in the food that was out there, but I think uh, Pooch could tell you his opinion on Oh, I, uh, I killed a Indian food rice bowl. Um, it was phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, there's the whole event, you know, good food vendors, good wine vendors, uh, just good people to meet. And we had several people come up just, you know, just other patrons, uh, strangers walk up, make friends and kind of just say like, oh, hey, like, where did you get that food? Oh, what's that wine you're drinking? Oh, I did have that one. And just kind of like the, the whole shared experience. So, um, you know, whether you're like super hardcore about your wine or very casual, it's just a really cool social event. Uh, my third time, your first, and uh, maybe we make this a regular thing on the podcast uh, i do hope we're, we're still going strong next year and year to year to year after that uh wine riot it used to be a spring and a fall session uh as of the last year it looks like they just do it uh in the fall now in chicago they hit all the major cities so if you're listening to this and you're in other parts of the u.s of a uh you know definitely check out like your new york your boston your la they definitely hit all that up so it's not just a chicago thing and um man it's it's a lot of fun and i hope to do it again next year and also you know do a special episode and bring that report to you guys danielle Sounds good, guys. We will uh, catch you next time after work when we have a couple beverages and cheers. Indeed. Let's throw it back to Soldier Field, which is weird because it's me uh, on October 19th 
uh, a Friday in the 2018 year of our Lord, throwing it back to myself at a future date that is yet to be recorded live to tape at Soldier Field for Bears vs. Jets. So uh, me, Pooch, uh, take it away from yourself, Pooch. Yeah. All right, we are back once again, Soldier Field. We are pre-gaming it up here, and uh, the crowd is filling in. If you need to take a potty break, do so now before those porta potty lines just get unbearable. Chef Brett, you've got a few years of experience tailgating here. Uh, what can you tell us about the, the situation here? Uh, you know, it's all it's all good, friendly folk around here. We got a bunch of Bears, Bears fans. We got the Bears... Uh, flags flying high you know i don't see a single jets fan in the vicinity which is good uh, because you know they're just going to get a lot of hate in the batch rooms at soldier field today so uh it's a it's a fun crowd and uh i expect a very fun game today and what would you recommend if someone needs to go to the bathroom and those lines get rough do they got to get a big fullback to, to lead the way and block them into there you could you could do that you could also uh pull the the old move of the the frat wall i don't know if I've, I've mentioned this it's where you take the front door of a vehicle here on the parking grounds open it up and do your thing with a wall of fraternity brothers in this case us standing around guard now i don't recommend it here but that is a solid uh go-to tactic at a tailgate nowadays if the port potty is too long i actually go over there to the 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 city ran uh park bathrooms even though they're locked down you can actually go to the gate itself and do your thing because it faces a lake and it's pretty secluded but that's also that's a pro move i don't know if everyone's up to that today well there we go we're giving out pro tips here on the podcast today uh we're also drinking a beer that i brought from 18th street brewing it's an ipa called sex and candy like the song uh chef brett multi-talented individual also a musician so you can appreciate the sex and candy can you not oh love me a little sex and candy Oh, mama, that surely is a dream. Yeah. Okay, I'm never going to do that again. But anyway, uh, like you said, you predicted it would be a fun game. What is your prediction for this game? Are the Bears uh, are the Bears coming out winners today? Because the Jets are pretty banged up in the defense. Uh, they're pretty banged up on the offensive side, too, now as well. They've lost a running back. They've lost a receiver for this game. Uh, Bears, we're going to be close to full strength. Allen Robinson is sitting, but I think we've got receivers that will step up. And uh, Khalil Mack is a game-time decision. I'm wearing his jersey. I'm trying to will him to get back on the sack attack that he was on the first few games. What do you think? What, what, what's your prediction? What do you think is going to go down? Uh, what, what do you say for a final score? Uh, today I see I see Mitch uh, leading the offense out there, uh, spreading the ball around. I think uh, without Robinson, they're gonna have to rely on the likes of Tariq Cohen, uh, Jordan Howard, uh, Gabriel to uh, really uh, and Burton as well get the ball out of the out of the hands of the quarterback as quick as possible. I think it's gonna be a, a high-scoring game. Both defenses are a little banged up at the moment, so I think in 20, 24-21 Bears today. I like that prediction. Uh, we're going to jump into our featured interview on the Booze and Booze special. Uh, we did a really unique interview this time with Mr. John Brand of Open Outcry Brewing. And uh, he played a game of horse with our guy Nick Jakus. Uh, these guys, they were one and one. They had played at the brewery out back on the Porta Court. Uh, they needed a rubber match, and they needed it to be high stakes, so they made a friendly wager. So uh, we are going to jump into that, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoyed filming it. There will be video 
coming on this later this month. But for now, enjoy the sweet dulcet tones of a game of horse with interview questions mixed in. It's the After Work Drinks podcast, booze and booze special. Stick around. It's time for our featured interview. It's a celebration. So raise your glasses. Here's to you. The time has come. Pooch here, After Work Drinks podcast. Right now we are emanating live from St. Paul Lutheran. Live-ish, live to tape. Close enough. Uh, And it is a moment we have all waited a long time for on social media. This was teased on our Instagram, our Facebook, and our Twitter probably at like the beginning of summer, like maybe like June. Okay, I've been corrected. It's been longer than June. It may have been. It may have been April or May. Six months of ducking, according to to uh, the gentleman to my right, Mr. John Brand, owner, operator, proprietor, beer connoisseur at Open Outcry Brewing, 10934 Southwestern. And uh, you guys have been doing your thing out there for how long now? Uh, we've been open for 14, 15 months. Beautiful, beautiful. And Nick Jakus over here. You may remember him as a contributor to the podcast. He read the news and he interviewed Skeleton Key Brewing in episode one, The Maiden Voyage. Uh, he also does a little bit of commercial radio on the side as a, a, a hobby, I heard. How, how are we feeling today, Nick? I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm just really happy we can actually do this in a gym with an actual court and an actual basketball hoop that's 10 feet, ha- 10 feet tall. Uh, we used to be, be playing in a behind his brewery which is in like a parking lot, which is slanted. So, I mean, that's a clear home court advantage. So I'm glad we can negate that today and actually come up with a real winner. All right, and, and what are the, the alma maters? What are the high schools we're dealing with here? Uh, I went to Lincoln Way. Providence Catholic High School, New Lenox, Illinois. Oh, he said that really like powerful and proud. He's proud, okay. During this trash talking period, we've gone back and forth with terms. We've wanted to raise the stakes, not just pride, not just, hey, rubber match game three, but you guys have a little bet going on as well. So tell me, tell me the terms. What, what is at stake here today, this afternoon? Here are the terms. Since he was uh, convincing himself that he's the favorite here, we've made the, uh, the odds and the bet reflect that. Uh, so if I happen to beat him today, uh, he's going to make a donation to Educare West DuPage, an organization I'm raising money for out of West Chicago. And he's going to serve me and my wife uh, a private dinner. It doesn't have to be private. A dinner, but he's going to be our waiter and serve us the food up on their uh, spectacular-looking rooftop patio that they're opening up soon. All right. I noticed that Nick happened to say if he won, so that's already some subconscious slippage there that he is admitting he may not. And, John, if you win, what does Nick have to do? I, I believe Nick is going to donate a day of his labor to help us out in the brewery, cleaning mash tons. i got plenty of dirty work for him to do. Um, but for the record, he made the terms of this bet, not me. It didn't matter what he, what he offered. I was going to take him up on anyway because I'm just not worried. Will you, will you possibly like, be gracious enough to give him a taster on his lunch break if he even gets a lunch break during this punishment? He's going to get plenty of taste of something today. Oh! Hey! All right, well, whoever wins and whoever loses, let it be known. There will be a camera there to record a social media snippet of the shame that goes with it. Now, here are the rules, gentlemen. Here are the rules. Uh, We know that it's not always just shooting 
when you dock horse. Sometimes people like to get fancy pants. So I want to tell you right now that if you're going to get fancy pants on me, we've got to call it out. If you want your opponent to hit this shot blindfolded, eyes closed, backwards, granny shot, left-handed because he's a right-hander, from behind the backboard, call it out. If you do not call out that stipulation, the only thing they need to do is shoot from where your feet were planted. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's go ahead now that we have the terms here, and let's do our first round of shots. He called glass on that one. Okay. So we got to call glass so a little bit further out on the right wing. Oh, and Nick has an H. Nick has an H already. Favorite basketball player of all time? Uh, MJ, of course, right? I grew up in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area in the 90s, so the Bulls championship runs was my life. Favorite basketball player currently? Who do I like watching right now? I mean, LeBron is amazing. You know, you, some people like him, some people don't, but you can't deny the fact that uh, what he is and what he's done, I mean, he's, he's incredible to watch. If you've modeled your game off of somebody, who, who, do, who do you think you most resemble? I know who I think Nick, Nick is a lot yeah. like. Uh, Will Purdue, probably. That's a beautiful answer. I'm going to go with Nick, Brian Scalabrini. White Mamba, baby. White Mamba. Oh, he's trying to go to the well again because he thinks glass from the wing is Nick's weak spot. So we're going from the left side now. Oh, goodness. Okay, you're a hoe, so let's, let's round it in, gentlemen. Let's... Let's bring it. Let's bring it to center because you're already a hoe, Nick. This interview is going to be you short if you keep down. it up. Uh, give us a quick backstory of uh, your history in the business and then how the brewery was opened. Uh, just give us like the Cliff's notes because I know a lot of people. They might be big fans already, but there's some people listening to this that they have no idea who you are. They may visit you for the first time. So how did this all happen? So I was in the futures industry for close to nearly 20 years, a little less than 20 years, uh, and, and I loved what I did. I loved the career. I loved the industry. I loved the people in it. Uh, but I started homebrewing about 12, 13 years ago and kind of was champing at the bit for the last five, 10 years as this industry has taken off and as craft has taken off. And um, had a couple had a couple things happen. One, uh, caught an entrepreneurial bug. I wanted to see if I could start my own business. And two, I wanted to do it in the neighborhood that I live in um, on the south side of Chicago. And uh, I have a very understanding wife. So um, I decided one day after a lot of contemplation and a good amount of planning that it's now or never I'm going to do this so we just did it um, I started to leg out of my career in the futures industry uh, acquired some property on Western Avenue in the Morgan Park Beverly neighborhood and just went head first into this do you have a head brewer that tag teams with uh, with you on this I believe yeah so one of the things you find out when you start a brewery is that you actually don't have much time to brew so we hired a guy named Will Gobieski who had some significant professional brewing experience in Asheville, North Carolina. So uh, Will's been Will's been with the company since day one. He's making excellent beer. Will does substantially all the brewing. Uh, I try to get back there when I can and help out uh, on brew days. But for the most part, Will is the creative behind the beers that we're doing. And I will, when I can, get back there and uh, and, and, and participate and help out. But uh, Will Gobieski is doing most of the brewing at Open Outcry. Uh, let's jump back into one more round of shots. Nick, can you try to hang in there so this interview can continue? Oh, you are, I can't say, we're, we're, we're in St. Paul Lutherans and you have three letters, so I can't say what you are right now. Not going well for Nikki J. So let's ask some interview questions because this is going to be a short interview if Nick doesn't start performing. Let's get to like probably the biggest story of what's going on with you. You guys are building a rooftop patio 
uh, we see the videos online. You're, you're going out there and you're using reclaimed wood to make the tables. Uh, it looks fantastic. We saw plans. We've seen you uh, show some footage just recently up top there. Give us a quick sneak peek, a preview of what's going on. Just looks absolutely amazing. Take us through the process of how this came to be from uh, idea, like the conception you had, and then realizing, okay, this is possible. We've got the schematics uh, to actually going ahead and sawing wood and making it happen. And uh, when can we expect it to be open to the public? When we first started designing the brewery downstairs, uh, this was part of the plans. We thought that if, uh, if this was successful and people enjoyed the space, the beer and the food, and we wanted to continue to grow and scale the business, that a rooftop beer garden would be a nice amenity for our neighborhood and for the south side in general. So when we built the brewery last year, we put all the infrastructure in place. So when you're in the space, if you look up at the ceiling, you'll see a bunch of, um, you'll see steel crisscrossing the, 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 the ceiling. Uh, you'll see steel columns, and we dug a bunch of footings all last year in hopes that we would be in a position to do this. So uh, once we decided to actually do it uh, late winter um, in January, February of this year, uh, half, half the work was already done. We had all the infrastructure in place. So the next step then was making sure that uh, local government supported the, the concept and the idea and that the neighborhood supported the concept and the idea, and they did. Uh, so we just moved forward with it. We started... Uh, build out in July, um, so I think we're in week 10, 11 or 12-ish, and we're almost done. Uh, we're putting final, um, we're, we're doing the final work on the staircase system in the back. Uh, we started final inspections this week. Hopefully we can get through those by the end of next, and if we have some favorable weather this fall, I'd like to be able to get a few weeks um, in November before it gets too cold. <laughs> Uh, and, and just like downstairs, the uh, the space upstairs, um, it's it, it's a combination of uh, reclaimed materials, steel, uh, which was is the same aesthetic downstairs that we carried upstairs, and all the reclaimed materials and wood is um, was pulled ourselves by by myself and a couple of my friends. Um, we made we spent our summer down in central Illinois this year, uh, disassembling barns and uh, pulling. Uh, cribboard off the side of uh, barns and bringing it back up to Chicago and that was what we used for the final finishing aesthetic parts of the rooftop. And uh, if he's not painting a detailed enough picture, if you're a visual person, go check out all the open outcry social media outlets because he's been showing pictures and videos of this stuff for a while now. Really, really cool. Just to the left of the free throw line, John with a miss. All right, Nick, here's your opening. Here's your opening. Do you feel good? I feel great. Oh, drains it from the three-point line. If he hangs a letter on you, we're going back to question time. Got H-O-R for Nick and H for John. All right, let's bring it back in here. Let's bring it back in here. Let's go in, let's go in here for another question. Let's talk about something that has always entertained the hell out of me. And uh, it's the lingo that you use when you announce a new beer. Uh, you do these beer drop alerts on social media. And um, the thing that is so cool about it for me, is you're always talking about the state of the market and or financials. So, uh, you know, I was going to ask you what inspired the use of that lingo in your beer names and your release announcements. Uh, clearly a stock market guy. Before this, I was in the futures industry. Um, it was such a big part of my life and defined who I was before this. Um, I wanted that idea, that concept, that narrative to tell our story at the brewery because it's who we were and where we came from. So uh, we've adopted a lot of financial terms in the way we name our beers and the way we, um, the, the narratives that we write on social media, the name Open Outcry itself is the term used to describe the, 
the trading pits at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and the Board of Trade with the yelling and the screaming. So that's a fantastic fact. I did not I did not know that. And it actually makes me laugh that I didn't ask such a basic question yet. Of why, why are you guys named Open Outcry? So there you have it. I like that. It just naturally led that way. It, it, it tells our story. It's where we came from. And um, it's part of our narrative. So uh, we wanted to incorporate that into the branding, into the into the way we um, the way we sell our our products. Going right along with the beer drop alerts, uh, step away from the lingo, let's talk about the beers themselves. Um, I want to talk about some of our favorites. So my favorite beer drop alert that I ever saw, that I had put me down, my butt will be in a seat for sure. Uh, it was back in July. I, I had the whole day planned. It was a beautiful thing. I watched the World Cup final at a, a proper Irish pub uh, over in Berwyn, if, if you're familiar with the James Joyce Irish pub. And after the game was over, I came up to Open Outcry for the candy bar flavored Russian Imperial Stouts. And there was banana, there was coconut, there was Snickers, there was Reese's. Uh, I was in heaven and it was flavor country for sure. And the, the best part of that whole day that I, I still laugh about every time I think about it is you were behind the bar, you were busy, you're slinging it. And I was like, John, this is so freaking good. Like you have to save these recipes in the vault you have to make this for me for my wedding. And you turned around, you just stopped dead, you turned around, had the most serious looks in your eyes, paused whatever frantic like, action you were in the middle of, and you looked me dead in the eye and you were like, talk to me, we can do this, like, for real. He's like, when are you getting married? And then I just died because I go, I'm not, but someday I will, and I'm gonna need you to, to, to bust out those recipes again. I will pay handsomely for some candy bar beer. Now, Nick, we don't want you to be left out of this interview. You're a big fan of the brewery. Um, not a big fan of, of, of John beating you right now at horse, but you're a fan of, of what he's cranking out I'm, there. I'm a big fan of John as a human being, yes. Okay, just not this, this, this particular time when he's your, yeah, your, your rival. I'm a brewery, right. All right. As a human and a brewer, I'm a big fan of. As a basketball player, eh. All right, so tell me, what are some of your favorite beer drops that there have been, uh, some special ones that, that you've uh, tasted here at uh, Open Outcry? He did a peanut butter one. You did a peanut butter one, right? And that was that was yeah. Fun. Yeah, we did the, the peanut butter brown or the peanut butter brown stout. The brown, and then uh, I'm a big fan of anything coffee. So if if you could throw anything coffee, especially like coffee blonde ales, for some reason those just taste better than coffee porters to me. I just love those kind of things. So and I know you, you you're doing some good stuff with New England's and the hazies and. Everything this guy's doing has been, been off the chain for sure. Totally agree. Uh, big event that we were at was the Rainbow Cone event oh, that you guys did with Horse Thief Hollow down the street, down Western Avenue. Um, yeah, that was an amazing day. Uh, brought a couple friends who actually had never had a Rainbow Cone, so they had to have the real deal, which you also were serving there, before they could taste the beer that was inspired by it. Breaking news, Rainbow Cone is open year-round. Yes, they are trying to stay open through the winter. I read that. If you know Rainbow Cone, you're very excited. If you don't, if you've only heard the legend, hey, uh, you didn't miss the boat this summer. You, you could go get a rainbow cone in uh, December now, apparently. So that's, that's beautiful. Uh, and I think you all should because they said they're going to go straight through the winter as long as it's justified by the foot traffic. So definitely do that. But like, how did that happen? Did, did you guys go to Rainbow Cone? Did they come to you? And how did you partner up with Horse Thief Hollow on it? We actually had a, um, a customer of ours who's in, the, who's in beer. Um, he's a regular customer of ours. Uh, him and I were sitting down chatting about um, just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what would stick about interesting different adjunct beers we can do. And he said, he was the one that suggested it. He said, hey, you should do a rainbow cone inspired beer. And, um, you know, instantly the light bulbs went off. It was a great idea. So the next day I, uh, I sent a, a, an email to Lynn Sapp, who is, I believe, third generation owner of Rainbow Cone, a, 
ice cream shop at 91st and Western Avenue that has been there for, I want to say, 91 or 92 years, 90 plus years. It's a Southside institution. Uh, your parents took you there. Their parents took them there. It's one of those type of things, right? So an opportunity to partner up with them and celebrate Rainbow Cone and what they've meant to the Southside for the last 90 plus years was a really fun thing to do and a really great opportunity. To tie in others in the neighborhood, we called up our good friends at Horse Thief Hollow and said, hey, maybe there's five flavors in the Rainbow Cone. Uh, it'd be a little muddled to try to put all five in a single beer. Why don't we split these flavors up? You do two, we do two, and we make this a, uh, a larger event. Both breweries participate, and uh, it's a celebration of Rainbow Cone in the neighborhood. And that's, and that's kind of what happened. It was, it was a really fun day, uh, both Horse Thief and Open Outcry was packed. I know we caused traffic issues on Western Avenue all day. Which Everybody I've mentioned it to as well, like other, other brewers, uh, I've been visiting other breweries and just like your name comes up, obviously you've got friends in the industry and, and you guys all well respect one another. Uh, and anytime I, I bring up John Brandon, man, I was at that, I was at that event for Rainbow Cone. They're like, oh man, I wanted to make it out to that. Like, how was it? And I, I was like, dude, it's amazing. You should have, you should have told somebody to like take the reins at your brewery and came out for an hour because it was fantastic. It was, it was a lot of fun. And it was, the, the, uh, the, the Sap family uh, came as well. They, they, uh, we introduced them both at Horse Thief's tap room and our tap room. Uh, and the neighborhood went crazy when the Sap family came out and they said a few words. It was just, it was just a really nice day. Uh, I am happy to say that I uh, spoke with, this is no coincidence, I spoke with Lynn yesterday, uh, and we're going to meet in the next couple of weeks and talk about uh, 2019, doing this again. Oh, that's amazing. So uh, it was great this past May. W would you try for the same type of year, maybe deeper into summer this time? I, I don't know. We're going to figure that out uh, if we can get together in the next couple of weeks and talk about it and try to figure it out. But my hope is that we definitely, we definitely do this again. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, I look forward to that and any other new collabs that you guys may have, because I, I always love a good collab between two amazing breweries. John's got it. He's going to the right side here. I, so I looked this up. Did you know Martin Luther, founder of the Lutheran Church, is, it was a brewer himself? Oh, a little short one. Half a free throw. Don't miss the baby free throw. Oh my God, Nick missed the baby half distance free throw. Okay, Wait, let's take another timeout. Let's take another timeout. We're gonna blame it on Nick. This horse game is going way too fast. I'm gonna run out of, I'm not gonna get all the good questions. I can't get in the flow, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you can't get in the flow, Nick. It sounds like you're getting into a flow just fine. <laughs> anyway, let's jump into, uh, <laughs> Nick is now on his back. He is one letter away. He is, he is distraught. We touched on community a little bit just now when we talked about collaborations, talked about Rainbow Cone. Uh, that is something that obviously means a, a great deal to you. And um, you can tell that you guys are constantly promoting other businesses down the road, uh, the next neighborhood over, things like that. How exactly was the reception in like the Beverly Morgan Park area when you guys first opened your doors? Um, how has that evolved and, and what does that kind of relationship mean to you guys right now? It's been um, humbling, frankly, um, with the support that we've received from everybody in the neighborhood from not just day one when we opened, but the months leading up to us opening and the support and the encouragement. Uh, it's been incredible. It's been, honestly, it's been humbling. I, I didn't expect it. Um, I knew that it was a special neighborhood and I knew that they supported local businesses. I mean, for example, right, you have County Fair, which is an independent grocery store. First of all, independent grocery stores, uh, there's not that many of them left, right? Certainly not in the city of Chicago. Um, but this gross, the, the County Fair exists because 
it's a community business owned by um, local families, and they support the community, and in turn, the community supports them back. I don't think there's many neighborhoods that are like this anymore, so I feel a ton of gratitude wanting to be living in this neighborhood, sending my kids to schools in this neighborhood, having the neighbors that I have, and um, in return, they've given us incredible support, and that is motivating every day. Uh, and our staff, all the staff that works at the brewery and in the kitchen feel the same way as, as well. Most of the folks uh, grew up on the south side or in this neighborhood and feel the same way that I do about it, and the opportunity to serve our neighbors every day, uh, we have a lot of gratitude for that. And you're constantly hashtagging 19th Ward, so I mean, you don't usually go too many social media posts without without talking about the area, and uh, and it shows that that you guys are very gracious about the the people that come into your business and the businesses that also you know partner with you guys and and help build up a neighborhood, help yeah. help make it an awesome spot to live. We're we're in the yes business. If there's a, a civic organization or a business or a group or a school or a charity that wants to use our tap room for an event or a meeting or even do some sort of fundraiser, uh, the answer is always going to be yes. We will bend over backwards for anybody that wants to use the tap room. We do what we can to make our tap room a community space, and it's it, it's starting to happen. Everyone views our, our space as a place where anybody is welcome, anybody can come in. You don't have to be a beer geek to come in and enjoy the, the food and, and the beer. We have other offerings as well. Uh, but it's become a community center and a community space, and uh, this this concept of a the third place, they call it. It's not your home, it's not work, it's somewhere in between, and it's a place where community happens, and that's that's our goal. And we're happy to see that starting to happen, and we hope that we're, we're that amenity for the neighborhood for a very long time. And rolling off the back of talking community, you, my friend, you have some Southside pride. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't coming out right there in that response, uh, again, just, you know, check anything Open Outcry does on, online, and you can see that Southside pride beaming through. Do you think that there's a, a big difference in atmosphere and uh, aesthetic between Southside or uh, suburban out this way, uh, like bars and breweries versus city or Northside uh, bars and breweries? Do you feel like you can, is it a very palpable difference when you walk into one of them versus walking into your establishment or something here on the South Side of Chicago? Well, I can speak on our place. The feel of our tap room and the folks that come and use it uh, is a result of the neighborhood that we live in. So um, it is a family-oriented neighborhood. Uh, it's also one of the most diverse neighborhoods in the entire city in the Chicagoland area in terms of the socioeconomics and race. And our tap room reflects that as well, which is great for us and I think great for the community and great for the South Side. And that feel you get where it's comfortable and everybody's welcome and anybody can come in and have a seat and enjoy a beer and some food with their with their family. Um, that's what we're about. And I and, and, and I hear that a lot and it's it's rewarding to hear that that um, doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, you can come in our space and enjoy yourself. Um, to the extent that that's not like that on the north side, I think it probably is in most places, but uh, but we definitely have that where we're at, and we're proud of that. Very, very proud south side business. And uh, Nick is is getting, Nick's getting chippy over there. He's ready. So let's jump back in. It is John's shot. We got Nick with H-O-R-S, and we've got John with Justin H. Oh, Nick from deep, swish from three. Uh-oh, I do believe John has an H.O. now. He is a hoe. 
faux show. So we, we've talked about uh, collaborations. We talked about what you guys did with Rainbow Cone. Uh, I want to step into the fantasy collaboration uh, zone right now, if you'll bear with me. Uh, recently, Noon Whistle Brewing announced a partnership with Planters and Mr. Peanuts to bring us Mr. Nut yeah. IPA. They sold, uh, out. they sold out. They put a post up yesterday. They sold out. Did you, did you try it? I have not been able to try it, unfortunately. Nick, did you get any? You got some? How was it? Yeah? Yeah, you should probably come on mic here, Nick. It's, it's very much an IPA. There's no doubt that it's an IPA, IPA first and foremost. Uh, but there's that, that little roasty hint of, of a peanut at the end. Yeah, and I've heard people say the more you drink it, the more peanut you get. Sure. Maybe as it warms up, that flavor comes out yeah, a little bit. But, but it's really Their graphics on that can are dope, man. They're, well, they're they, they, they had the power of planters, public relations behind them, yeah. So, so they've, they've said that it was kind of um, the direction they wanted to go, something that paired well with planters nuts. So I guess that's why they didn't go nut crazy with it. It just hits the, the back of the palate as it's going down, as Nick said. Uh, I believe that's pretty much how, how they promote it as well. So that's awesome that a, a local business in our neck of the woods got an email from Planters, a major corporation, and said, hey, Mr. Peanut needs his face wrapped around your can. Uh, so where I'm going with this, if Open Outcry could team up with any brand or brand mascot, who would it be and what would that beer be called? What would it taste like? What style of beer? You're, uh, wow, I, uh, I was not prepared for that. Um, I, 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 I did think about this because I stay up till 2 in the morning for no good reason thinking of things I daydream like uh, nobody's business. So while you're thinking about your I'll answer. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, there's, there's a local. Um, so we reached out, we actually reached out to, I'm going to give away our trade secrets, but it, I'm probably, I'm, there's no way I'm the first person to have thought about this. But um, we tried to reach out with some local um, high um, household name uh dairy companies because we wanted to source uh, lactose powder from one of them and do a joint brand uh, branding opportunity with them um, there was uh, limited limited interest in that but uh, there's a there's a couple other things we're thinking about uh, those I'm gonna keep to myself though. I could think of a, a certain uh, dairy juggernaut that's represented in in the neighborhood that uh, they should be interested I think that would be cool in case that's, you're smiling at me, in case that's one of them, we'll just, shh, industry secrets. Uh, but I, I penned down a couple of things here. Like, uh, so you're talking local team-ups. Uh, if you want to go like big juggernaut, um, you know, maybe one day Open Outcry, we'll get, we'll get the call. You could do some, it's Halloween time, uh, Count Chocula Milk Stout for the Halloween that season. Good. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, come on, it makes your milk have flavor. Why can't it make your milk stout have flavor? Uh, you got the marshmallows, Kraft Jet Puffed Marshmallow Porter. That sounds great, yeah. And, uh, and last but not least, uh, you know, while you're sitting there around the, the bonfire with your, your fall ones, uh, this one, this is a, a good tailgating football season beer. Uh, this would probably be the biggest of Dream Big collaborations for you, especially because we're here in Chicago and this is not a Chicago corporation at all. Uh, I feel a little dirty saying this, but maybe one day Open Outcry could make the Patriot Way New England IPA, baby! Yeah, I don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, you guys do a damn fine job with New England IPA, which is the only reason I say it, but obviously I'd rather see a Bears beer, would you not? I would, yeah, we would love to do that. Well, hey, Chicago Bears, if you're listening, I'm going to be tailgating there tomorrow for this episode, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. If I can find an executive and I'm not too tipsy, I'll just saunter right up and say, hey, 
I'm the marketing genius for, no, I'm not the marketing genius for Open Art Career, but you did like a couple of these names, so I'm just telling you, you know, I, uh, I am not in the futures, but I, I would rather have a future in beer, so, you know, if you need me to just pen and paper names, you want to do like, uh, I, I don't know, a commission-based thing here, I'll give you golden names, yeah. and, it, and if you use them, you just uh, throw me a sawbuck, we'll yeah, call we, it even. Yeah, we definitely need to get you on the payroll. I, I agree. I agree. I, I certainly uh, I tire of the office cubicle. Let's let's just say that. Uh, I like throwing these these note cards around here too. I'm using these little note cards for his questions, and I'm throwing them all over the floor. Nick's gonna like slip and tear an ACL. It's gonna be awful. Uh, let's talk about your taps. You made a decision in how you serve your beer. Instead of traditional taps, you've tapped your tanks. Uh, is that more for show, or did you have a very focused and practical reason why you went that route? I saw it. At a, I did a lot of traveling for beer uh, for a long time, and I actually saw this concept at another brewery. So it's not a concept that we're going to take credit for. Uh, there was a brewery in Scottsdale, Arizona, that was doing this. Thought it was a great idea. I thought it provided a great customer experience, where they would they they would visually see the bartender pour their beer directly off the bright tank. I thought that was really neat, and looked into doing that ourselves at in our space. Uh, people enjoy it. We get a lot of uh, people think it's fun. That, um, in terms of functionality, I mean, it, it, it does, I mean, maybe it makes it easier to clean tap lines because there's not as much length of tap line hose. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's really more about customer experience. It, it um, you know, in terms of functional improvements over the way beer is served, uh, probably, probably not. It's probably more, if, if we said there it was, it'd probably be more of a marketing gimmick. But um, it's the customer experience piece of it that we wanted, why we wanted to do it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's right behind your bar. You you see the uh, you see the uh, bartender go right there and do that thing, and uh, it is pretty cool. Talk kitchen with me. Not all breweries choose to serve their own food. Uh, they go with that whole stack of menus behind the bar. Hey, feel free to order in whatever you guys want from the neighborhood uh, businesses. But when did you know that you wanted to have food at your business, and how did you go about doing that? Because you have your little cool like quote unquote food truck in the wall. That's really your kitchen. Yeah, I'm not so sure that when we first started writing the plan for the brewery that having food was initially part of the narrative or part of the story. But when we started talking to folks in the neighborhood and asking them, what is it that you want? What does this community need? Food was the first thing everybody said, are you going to be serving food? And uh, I heard it enough where I said, okay, we got to, we got to modify this and we got to give people what they want. So I was lucky enough to be really good friends with, uh, a chef named, uh, his name is Cesar Lopez, and he's a really talented chef. He uh, has spent a significant part of his career cooking uh, wood-fired Neapolitan-style pizzas, which was exactly what I wanted. So uh, he was the head chef at a, at a real nice whiskey pizza concept in, it was somewhere in the western suburbs, and he was happy there, and he was entrenched. But uh, I kept working on him, and I said, you got to come down to the south side and and do this project with me and uh, we were able to convince him to to join us and he's been with us since launch he designed the menu uh, he built he designed the kitchen space and uh, he's been the driver for everything that comes out of the out of the kitchen I know I don't know anything about cooking and kitchens so um, I'll say I'll say this just like you give props to your head brewer uh, Giving props now to your, your head chef, saying that you know you don't have anything to do with that really as well. It's just their own animal. It's it's much like Vic Fangio controlling the Bears' defense. Do your thing, Vic. Um, 
you get these cool fall things that are that are going on lately where you, you've been doing not just like how you do beer drop alerts but you've been doing fall uh comfort food drops and, and he's been doing a great job with that as well yeah we're doing weekly food drops now um uh in the fall um fall inspired foods so we're uh this week we did a a, a philly philly cheesesteak uh we're doing different soups and stews um we, weekly specials is something we want to do going forward what would you say is your guys' unique calling card, your differentiator? Because there's a lot of great Chicagoland breweries and they all make great beer. But what would you say is your calling card makes Open Outcry stand out? I'd like to think, well, it's a couple things. I, um, it's, it'll be hard for me to say just a few things. One, uh, the emphasis that we put on service in our brewery, um, I hope makes us stand out. Uh, our staff knows that if you don't provide an exceptional service experience to our guests, that it may not be the place for you. Our goal is to have the best service on the south side, and we want everyone that comes in to our brewery know them to know that we have a ton of gratitude for the fact that they chose to come to Open Outcry and spend their money there because there's plenty of other choices out there. So hopefully service helps us stand out, number one. Uh, number two, uh, our beer portfolio, we try very hard to go on both ends of the spectrum in terms of, terms of traditional styles and uh, trend beers and esoteric beers and adjunct beers. So if whatever your pleasure is, hopefully you have an opportunity to go in either direction. So we try hard to balance our beer portfolio, our beer menu out. And I guess I'll say that the fact that we are a brewery that also has a upper market, higher end food option does kind of make us stand out a little bit. Most brewery tap rooms don't either don't have food or do more, more pub food or like, you know, your uh, fryers. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, hitting that niche spot in between high end dining and, you know, pub food, that's where we wanted to land. And I think that's, that's where we're at. And you're hitting the mark there. You are doing exactly what you guys aim to. I, I speak firsthand when I say that. Uh, we're just going to get to the, the quick plug and chug portion of the interview just to wind down. Uh, social media, as we've referenced multiple times, is a big way that you guys get your message out there. Beer drop alerts, food alerts, um, even just like some humor, some, some comedy has been in there. I love your pictures and videos that you do when you say there's a beer emergency and we're loading up the pickup truck and we're going to drop off some beer somewhere. How big of an impact is social media in your business? And is that 100% you posting on all those, I believe, right? Uh, I do it. It's, um, well, I mean, it's, it's 2018. So if you're going to sell stuff in 2018, uh, you should probably commit to social media. And, and um, when we do it, our, our goal is not necessarily to create content, but to document what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And hopefully people find that interesting and that they can see that what we're doing, we're doing because we love this business and we love we love the beer we're making, and hopefully that um, shines through in our social media in terms of of how we post and what we post and what we talk about. Um, that we're documenting what we're doing, and hopefully that that the passion that we have is coming through in our social media, and people can see how hard not, uh, everyone in the brewery is working to try to provide this experience. It definitely does come through. Can you give us your tags really quick? On Instagram, uh, we're Open Outcry Brewing. On Facebook, we're Open Outcry Brewing. On Twitter, we're Open Outcry Brew. And our website is www.openoutcrybrewing.com. And the uh, street address you gave earlier, but just to do that one more time for people that are looking for you? 10934 Southwestern Avenue in the Beverly Morgan Park neighborhood of Chicago, far southwest corner of the city, 19th Ward. Let's posture the question really quick. John just asked you if you're righty or lefty. If you refer to weeks ago, Open Outcry social media, he was out there practicing left-handed free throws. So watch out if he tries to practicing? go that way. 
All right, so this is a right-handed free throw. Nick matches him on it. But now I think we got the, the nugget in his head. The tick is in his ear. Will he go lefty? Left-handed free throw, nothing but net. Did he call it? Are they here call it one of the stated rules? I do believe if we rewind the stated rules, he did not, he did not call it. He did not call it. But it looks like Nick's gonna do it anyway. And he misses. Ball game on that. <sighs> Gentlemen, let's 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 <laughs> Nick does need a hug. Let's uh Let's hug it out. Let's hug it out. Let's hug it out. Let's talk some beer. Let's talk some beer. That makes everybody much happier to talk some beer, gentlemen. Let's drink some beer. <laughs> and lastly, I just want to give you the floor. Uh, say whatever you would like to your customers and our listeners as a parting shot. I'm. You know what? I would rather take. I'd like to take this opportunity to talk about this horse game. I, we didn't talk a lot about it. The fact that there's a reason he doesn't want to talk about it. Where, where did Nick go? Nick disappeared. He's, he's left the gym. But uh, it took nine months to get him here. He talked smack for nine months on social media. We're here, won pretty handedly, and um, now he's got to come in the brewery and, and, um, and, and do all the work that I don't want to do that day. So I'm looking forward to having him over. Uh, he just said he was looking very much forward to you doing some work in his brewery. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about the result of today's game? Well, obviously, I'm, I'm very disappointed. Uh, you know, I, I gave him my best effort, and, uh, you know, John just was better today. So uh, I'll take this, I'll learn from it, and we'll get better for next time. All right, in the battle of Scalabrini and Purdue, Purdue is your winner. Uh, I want to thank you both for uh, finally getting this thing done and doing it in the After Work Drinks podcast forum. And uh, John Brand, he's doing great things at Open Outcry. It's only going to get better with time. John, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you very, very much. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Ah, yes. John Brand of Open Outcry Brewing. The South Side beckoned and you heard the call. So you put on your puffy vest, packed it all up, and moved to Beverly. Illinois, that is. Irish Catholics, drinking stars. You've brought your own special brand of brewing right down Western Avenue, rolled up your garage door windows, and the 19th Ward has rejoiced ever since. King of the hashtag, Southside so hot right now. Indeed. One may even say, it's dope. So here's to you, open outcry brewing. Here's to you. For all the latest news and events, visit our page at twitter.com slash awdpod. And once you're there, make sure you never miss a tweet. Follow our Twitter handle at awdpod. Pints up. Cheers. Oh my God, it's so good. It's amazing. Or pints down. This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? All right, Pooch here. After Work Drinks Podcast, we're dining at Horse Thief Hollow. And it's on uh, 105th-ish in Western Avenue on the south side of Chicago. Uh, favorite place of ours. And I'm here with Nick, who uh, you heard promptly square off and lose, unfortunately, to Mr. John Brand down the road at Open Outcry. But he's feeling better now because he had some beers to cheer himself up. Nick, you had a sweet potato beer? 
Why don't you say the name of it? Yeah, because it's hard to say and you don't want to say it either, right? Cheval Du, which is, what is that, like two horse? Nailed it, yeah, something like that. It is a sweet potato beer. Beer to guard is the style of beer. And uh, I believe it won like a big uh, medal in the World Beer Cup a few years ago. And it's 2014 World Beer Cup. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a silver medalist. You should probably like it. It's a phenomenal beer. It's honestly... It, it's a destination beer for me. Whenever this beer comes out, I make sure to get to the south side and, and come to Horsey Follow and have it. Made with sweet potato, and it's got, it's, it tastes like Thanksgiving in a glass. It is phenomenal. It's uh, one of my all-time favorite, top five beers of all time, so you've definitely got to try it. So you would give it pints up? 100% just un... yes, pints up. Indeed. <laughs> so it sounds like you would drink it all year, but unfortunately they only make it in the fall. Maybe that's why it's so good. Could be. The, the more you wait, the more you long for it the more you enjoy. We're gonna switch over here to Mike. Mike, other than a very funny video that was filmed on this Western Avenue, this is your first appearance on the podcast. Isn't this exciting? No. <laughs> you you might just say yes. You might just say yes, I think. I see, I see him beaming with joy right now, actually. Uh, you tried Spoonful, which is a staple here at the brewery, and they actually can this as well, so you can get it to go. What do you think of Spoonful? Spoonful is definitely one of my favorite beers here. Uh, as you said, it's becoming like their number one staple beer. You can't walk in here. You, they have cans to go. They have everyone selling, wearing T-shirts here. Uh, it's, it just kind of came very sudden. It's become their number one beer. It's a, it's a kind of a New England IPA style, which is kind of one of my favorites right now. And uh, I can't say enough about it. It's definitely one of my favorite beers. Excellent. So definitely he come check. He he, he he said enough. He he may have said enough. Uh, that was that was a, more than a spoonful. That was a whole mouthful that you gave us. Hey! And I myself, I tried Southside Jorts Party, which sounds like it should be a St. Louis beer because they know how to wear their jorts, the jean shorts down in St. Louis. Uh, but here on the South Side, we've got some jorts, 100% Brett fermented sour IPA, uh, which is cool to not just be a sour, but a sour IPA uh, brewed in collaboration with Weiner Beer Company. Uh, I did enjoy it a lot. I do enjoy my sour beers. And this was nice because some people, their turn off if they don't like sour beers is because it's really sour, makes the cheeks pucker. And this has just a hint of sourness. Um, I enjoy it, and I think if you're a little bit averse to like, I don't know if I'd like a sour beer, this is a good entry-level one, not too sour at all, good starting point. I will also give it two pints all the way up. Well, it's like two thumbs, but two pints. Double fist, and there we go. We double fist it all the way, baby. That is our review of three Horse Thief Hollow beers. Again, if you're interested in stopping by, if you've never been, great brewery, great comfort food, great BBQ. Uh, we all had some of that tonight, so check them out on 105th and Western on the south side of Chicago. Back to uh, your regularly scheduled programming. For all of our latest show info, like upcoming interviews and guests, Visit Facebook.com slash AWD Podcast and like us today. I hope we can be friends. We're friends to the end. Remember? All right. Everybody is sufficiently sauced. We've had some great food here today with Chef Brett. And uh, there are some people next to us, our friendly neighbors, who have their charcoal burning. And that warm, warm heat is blowing over here. It feels good. It feels toasty. I like it. Uh, Chef Brett, man. Thank you so much for hosting this tailgate, helping out After Work Drinks podcast. You've, uh, you've been a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, your deliciousness was bestowed upon us. And I don't know if you are the, uh, the hero that we needed, but you are definitely the hero that we deserve with this food here. Yeah, well, you know, with great 
ability comes great responsibility. So I do what I can, and uh, going to be back next year. So thanks for having me, Chris. You know what? After we're Jinx Podcast, we might just have to keep coming because this has been a fun time. So uh, we can just uh, we can co-brand this thing. We can run a. We've got a Bears flag, and we have your alma mater. We got the old University of Indiana flying up the flagpole here. Perhaps I will go to one of those custom websites and get a little AWD After Work Drinks podcast logo on a flag, and we can fly that one next bear season, which should be an even more winning type season. Winninger, winningest. It's going to be even better than it's going this year is what I'm getting at. So uh, hopefully we witness the Bears' defense haunt the Jets' Sam Darnold all afternoon. And, and I, of course, I, I tongue-in-cheek say haunt him because it is the booze and booze haunting Sam Darnold. We want to be like three picks, six sacks. That's the kind of evening I want to see. A couple forced fumbles. How about it? Go Bears. Go Bears all day long. We're coming off the bus running. We're coming off the bus spreading it around, throwing the ball too. And we're going to get some gadget plays, some trickery. The coach, the coach, the new coach, Nagy. He's a hero, not a zero. And of course, reining it all in, if you're enjoying what you've heard today and uh, you would like to continue listening to the goodness that is After Work Drinks. You can find us on social media, lots of show announcements, bonus content, photos of what you're listening to right now can be found there. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, AWD Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, AWD Pod. And of course, you can check out our Snapchats that we're rolling out there. After Work Drinks, all one word, caps on those first letters, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you want to tune into the podcast, clearly you're doing it right now, so you already know how. But in case you and your friends want alternative measures, uh, you can find us in many places, including SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, etc., etc., etc. Check your favorite podcast provider. If we're not there, request that we get added on por favor and as we always like to say at the end of every podcast brett uh we like to say please drink responsibly don't drink and drive be good out there ladies and gentlemen and for this episode we will also add bear down bear down got that right brother all right we've had a good time here let's get the generic like people yelling woo can we get the generic women yelling woo on the podcast can we get a bear down? Bear down! Bear down. Bears. I like it. I like it. Just in case, you know, people didn't have enough of women yelling about the bears in their life. I, I love a good female chant. Uh, so, yes, bear down, everyone. Bear down one and all. If you're listening to the podcast from another state and you have another football team, I'm sorry. Bear down anyway, but I hope you still tune into this podcast. Uh, stay tuned past this outro theme song we're about to hit right here from our good friend Kip Russell. He's going to be taking us out on the outro. But on the back end of that, the podcast usually ends there as he fades out. Don't, don't be fooled this time. I probably shouldn't tell you this. It doesn't really make it an Easter egg if I tell you, but I'm going to tell you. Stay tuned past the outro song right now. We're going to have sort of a Marvel slash Ferris Bueller-esque post-credits scene. So, spoiler alert! Check that out. Enjoy it. Laugh at it. And we'll see you next time on the After Work Drinks podcast. This has been Z-Booze and Booze. Fall Special Edition. Bear down. And that's going to do it for this episode of AWD. Be sure to follow us on social media for bonus content and all the latest show news and announcements. This has been the After Work Drinks Podcast. Until next time. Cheers. Hey man, I need a strong drink. But first, I need to sneak out of work real fast. Kick the shit off like a wedding crash.
Hit my computer off, I slide past my boss, I will be tossed If I'm caught again, but fuck it, I'm on the cell phone calling all my friends How we do? People say I got hex games for brains Cause the way I live my life, I must be insane But life's an adventure, I just ride it out Live in the moment, might die tomorrow Relax, I don't write this on to make it back It was the shark, cause works out, man, it's time to drink You know, all I need is some afterward drinks This is how we do Pooch here, After Work Drinks Podcast. I'm here with my friend, my former co-worker, still friend. She's still a friend. She's allowed to still be a friend, Lonnie. Uh, we are sitting here up in the 400s. We bought last-minute StubHub seats to the Bears game, Bears versus Jets. Uh, she's a Tom Brady fan. I forgive her for that. The Bears are winning 7-3 to three at halftime. Well, how do we feel right now? Honestly, the atmosphere is so good. It's great to be out here. It's actually not that cold out. Surprising. But you know what? It's going to be a good time, and it's great. The, this spaceship of a, a Bears 400 level, it's blocking the winds. feels good. I need some food. I need some beer. I need the Bears offense to do better than 7-3. to three. Nagy, start calling some cool plays. Let's get down the field. We need to matriculate the ball down the field. Just do your job. <laughs> do your job, like Tom Thibodeau says. <laughs> yeah. Just two dudes chilling and talking. That's right, because that is dope. It's a dope idea. Hashtag so dope. So dope. Southside so hot. All these other <laughs> hashtags. <laughs> Whew, it is a cold one out there today, man. It's, it's chilly. It, it's it chopped off quick. It is colder than a witch's you know what, man. Uh, do you, are you a Christmas music guy? No, no, I'm not. No. Not at all. Okay, no. see, I, I turned on the car radio today, and it was playing Baby It's Cold Outside. I was like, yeah, no, no kidding. Thanks for pointing that out. I know when we did the interview a couple of weeks ago, you were saying you were waiting for some warm weather uh, to try to break out that rooftop. And, and it doesn't seem like nature wants to cooperate as of yet. But, uh, you know, I told you, you got to get me on the payroll for these million dollar ideas I have. <laughs> I think in, in Chicago, you got crazy people. I mean, turn on a Bears game. It's dead of winter. It's 20 below. You've got fat guys shirtless. They're painted up. They love it. People don't care. Chicago people yeah. are tough. I yeah. think you just got to throw an event up there, fly in the face of hypothermia, just uh, do like a little rooftop turkey tailgate maybe, yeah. Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday, something like that. I got a better idea for you. So I don't know if you've seen these at other spots, but um, there's these, they call them igloos or domes. They're clear PVC plastic. Uh, they seat... They're heated and they seat eight, uh, six to eight people. I think I just saw this on social media. I forgot what it like, yeah. what establishment, but yeah. yeah. So uh, we we bought some of those this week. Really? We did. So okay. we're gonna put those up on the rooftop and see if we can uh, get some folks up there to enjoy beer and pizza up oh. on the rooftop. I mean, if They're, people if people pay twelve dollars for a bud at, and freezing shirtless at a Bears game, I'm sure they'll go in your warm <laughs> igloo and have some much better product when it comes to beer. So there's these little heaters in there, and I don't. I don't have any experience with these, so I don't know how warm or cold it's going to be in there. But I've been told by other people that you can, with the, with the body heat and these little heaters and these, they're they're twelve feet in diameter, seven feet tall. You can get those things to fifty, sixty degrees depending on the temperature. So I'm bringing my shorts and flip flops next week. Is what you're telling me? Okay, that's that's beautiful. Uh, but all all kidding aside. Uh, Let's talk about what events you actually are having uh, Thanksgiving through New Year's. I know I always see the social media blowing up every time you guys announce stuff. You, you do have some things going on. We've got, got a few things coming up. So on November 28th, we're doing Beer and Hymns. There's a local parish here in the neighborhood that asked if they can use the tap room to essentially get drunk and sing about Jesus. So, you know, mi casa, su casa, 
the drunk part, great. You want to sing about Jesus? No problem. That's fine. So that's on November 28th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, on December 9th, we're doing adult gingerbreading. We're having a instructor come in. Uh, we're going to get you drunk, and then you're going to build gingerbread houses. Uh, you can get tickets like for it. that on Eventbrite. I think it may be sold out, but um, there might be a few slots left. And then um, towards the end of December, we don't have a firm date in yet, but we rented some trolleys, and we're going to load the trolleys up with uh, with guests from the tap room. Uh, we're going to drive them around the neighborhood to look at all the Christmas lights in the neighborhood and give them beer. That's amazing. I yep. love that. And then Santa Claus may, may or may not make an appearance. Uh, I don't have a firm date for Is that Santa yet. Santa going to wear a puffy vest? Uh, Santa may be wearing a puffy vest underneath his Santa suit. I like suit. it. I like it. Uh, and then New Year's Eve, we're doing. Uh, we're we're going to have um, our friends, a local band of ours called Friendly Fire, a relatively new band, but all the uh, uh, all the members in the band are music veterans, very talented. They've been together for a year and a half, uh, but they've already kind of de- like earned a cult following here on yeah. the south side. Yeah. Uh, they're paying on New Year's Eve, and like as usual, we don't charge cover. We're not going to inflate prices. We're just going to have them play, and we hope that we can get a lot of people to come out. And um, you know, we'll do a, a ball drop, but um, but we're not going to, you know, ask for people to empty their wallets out in the place. It'll just be like another service night here with some with some good music from some local local guys that formed a real nice band. Love it, love it. I mean, that that sounds like the type of events that uh, that I look for. It's like uh, either now it's like staying in or, or coming to something like that that's kind of chill and just local. Yeah. Uh, these people like pay a whole paycheck to go to a club and yeah. it's like doesn't even include their drinks. It's like a eh, $500 admission. I'm like, what? Yeah, don't get dressed up. Just come and hang out. Uh, listen to some music, no cover, and have some good beer and pizza. Now, speaking of events that are noteworthy, uh, a couple of things dropped since we did the uh, the interview. So I got, I got to congratulate you on both of them. Uh, you now have a, a semi regular radio show appearance. Well, I, let's not. It's not my radio show. I've. I've um, oh, I, I know I've, appearance. I said. Yeah. I said appearance. appearance. I didn't yeah, say yeah, it's yeah. yours. Yeah, we don't, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, misrepresent what's going. So, uh, so I'm friends with um, Scott Childers and Ed Kerfin and Ed has a show every friday on wjol uh called friends over 50 and i and i was on a show a few times and uh he he keeps asking me to come back so uh it looks like i'm gonna be a regular guest i guess or regular regular appearances on the show every week i don't know who the program director is at that radio station that's allowing this to happen he, he or she <laughs> may be out of a job soon but uh but no it looks like i'm gonna be joining ed on a show if not every other, every, if not every week, every other week. Well, that's great. Uh, obviously, you know he's had you on a few times. People have heard you there, and obviously, you've done podcasts like this one, and and you're always well spoken. You're very knowledgeable, not not just about like beer now, but also like history, uh, both in the neighborhoods here and with the uh, the beer industry. So that's gonna be fun. I'm gonna have to make sure I start tuning into that. Yeah, great. And uh, the other bit of news that that broke uh, in between when you brutally thrashed our boy Nick Jacobs at horse while we interviewed you. Uh, the news that broke uh, just the other day on social media is that you guys have uh, acquired Will Turner from Revolution and added him to the team. How did that happen? Congrats, well, this, man. Thank you. This is this is a really big deal. Um, it's like if you had a fantasy brewing league. He's you, a first-round draft pick. Oh, for I mean, sure, he's, for well, sure. he's Hall of Fame, right? So if um, – you know, if you were to put together, you know how in football you got the what is it, the Bill Parcells family tree of coaches. Yeah, right? yeah. If you were to do that with Chicago Brewers, Will would be in that first generation, right? Like him and him and the and um, uh, the Halls and Pete Crowley and those guys, right? They, I mean, they're OGs. They've been doing this yeah. since the since the nineties. Uh, Will lives on the South Side, and he's friends with a lot of the staff here. And I've and I struck up a good friendship with him in the last year or so since we opened. 
And he's just looking for a shorter commute. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with us. He just didn't want to make the trip to the, uh, trip up to the north side anymore. But no, this is it's a really big, it's not just a big deal for us. But I'm I'm excited for Chicago beer on the south side in general because he brings instant credibility. Uh, in our first episode, you know, we do our little news and events, and we promoted a, a, a beer release that he did over there uh, that was named after his daughter. So the fact that he's been name dropped on this show, it's like I don't I don't go very deep with knowing every brewer by name behind the scenes obviously if the brewer is the owner yeah that's one thing but yeah. if if they have a brewer behind them you yeah. know usually they're not getting all the 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 praise but yeah. this is a guy who obviously people know well i've been a fanboy for years myself so and i'm still a fanboy so having him here and having him brewing here it's really exciting i know i'll be I'll be standing there with my notebook, learning as much from them as I can as well. The, the portfolio and, here is already strong, but uh, you, you guys just, uh, you got like a, an ace to, to borrow a baseball term. So, I mean, it's it's only going to get better. For sure, yeah. This is like handing over the keys. Um, you know, he's going he's gonna to drive what beers come out of this brewery and uh, how our portfolio changes and evolves over time. Uh, it, it's um, He'll be the creative on all this, so we're looking forward to having him here. Love it. And, uh, I mean, obviously, you just keep winning, really, uh, lately. You pummeled Nick at horse on this episode. Uh, you've walked on to radio without any of the tuition or, or years spent toiling at it like Nick did. He had to move to the little town of Shadron, Nebraska. Yeah. Like, nobody does that by choice. Yeah. He had to do all these things to, yeah. to finally end up at the station he's at now. And, I mean, so... Again, this is just minion guest appearances on Ed Kerfin's show, but... For the purposes of this conversation, just to rub it into Nick's face, let's just say, yeah, yeah let's just say that. Let's just diminish yeah. how hard it was for him. Let's just say, yeah. like, if I you mean, give anybody a mic, they can do it. Let's I do mean, it. He's, what, uh, 15, 20 years into a career where, you know, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's establishing himself and, uh, you know, feels good just to walk into something like that. Oh, yeah. Just to have it handed to you, you, you without gotta, doing any work at all. At it's all. great. makes me feel really good. It, and it I does. want him to know that, too. Do you, do you want a weekly podcast? I'll, I'll yeah, hand you that, it. too. Yeah, right, let's, let's do, do that. It. Let's let's do it. You got a TV show, too? Let's yeah. do that. I, I, we'll bring the camera. We'll yeah. sit down in the corner here. You can have your friends. We'll I'll, have I'll, just bring, I'll bring the mics. I'll, I'll be the moderator, and you can just uh, sit around with your What's beer Nick's friends. What's Nick's role? Nick Nick will be responsible Nick for the coffee in the green room. That's what he'll do. Yeah, he'll get us coffee. He'll get us beers while we discuss, while the big boys sit at the table. He'll do our makeup. Yeah, I uh, I use uh, a sp certain kind of rouge. <laughs> well, you're clearly you're clearly already in his head. But what <laughs> what are you going to do to get in his head even further? He lost the horse game. He lost the bet. Yeah. So he's got to do a day of service here at the brewery. What do you have in mind? Uh, I know he wants to get in the brewery and get his his hands dirty. So we'll have him do a little bit of that. But there's also, you know, day day to day uh, uh, janitorial type yes. things that need to get done in a, in a in a bar brewery restaurant right yes, so I love we this. have in the men's room there's two urinals and a toilet and in the woman's room there's three tall three toilets and three stalls uh so those will need to be cleaned and then i love where this is going yep. keep going and then um uh the baseboards in the tap room uh haven't been wiped down i think in about a month they're collecting a little bit of dust some scuff so we're gonna need to get that cleaned up and then um the floor behind the bar can get a little dirty and sticky, uh, and I have a um, uh, it's it's a it's a big bar. It's about an 800 square foot bar, and I have a like a little maybe two inch uh, handled scrub brush 
that he's gonna i'm gonna give him <laughs> I toothbrush the whole floor yeah, yeah can i can i come in and track up some mud the the day before you could so do that and, just, and you're gonna we're gonna we're gonna film this and oh yeah record this oh as yeah well. we're cell phones out floor. yeah from every angle yep. he'll never live it down and yep. randomly like every third day we'll post a new video of his suffering on on his yeah. facebook page. oh one last thing the kitchen has um has a grease trap that needs to be cleaned out every oh couple yeah months gordon ramsay and, on his shows he he curses people out yeah. for letting that go a decade without yeah for sure so we you know we clean ours out every couple months but I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know when he's scheduled to come in, but I think we're gonna skip this last grease trap cleaning cycle, and I'm just gonna have him do that. I, I love think, it. I think so. This is great because I was going to ask you if I could make a suggestion and a request, and sure. the, the suggestion was gonna be, can you please make him clean the bathrooms? You're already on. Yeah, that. that's easy. So I'm gonna yeah. go with my request. My yeah. request is, can I come the night before, whenever this date is established? Can I come the night before and quote unquote prep the bathrooms for him? <laughs> Uh, we could go talk to your head chef right now, and yeah. uh, I'm just going to need that night before, I'm going to need him to prepare me his finest corn, mm-hmm. hard-boiled eggs, and mm-hmm. his spiciest jalapenos. Yep. A lot of men in your soul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Fiber's of, good, you know? Yeah. Um, we throw some beans and whatever. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. Really, yeah. This sounds like, yeah, yeah this is little, good. Some little winter, some fall chili. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beans, eggs, corn. Yeah. Uh, spicy jalapenos. We're gonna make sure that Nick sees it all again. Yeah, I also have a uniform for him too. Oh yes. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be the t-shirt you're wearing. It's gonna be no, no, special, no. isn't it? For the listeners, I don't know if they've ever met Nick in person or have seen pictures of him. In. I mean, he's got a very, he's got a very feminine physique. Uh, the less clothing, the better he looks, right? This so is, this is fantastic. Uh, so I'm thinking we're gonna have him wear beachwear. Oh yes. Uh, and we'll film that. As this, well. this is now now he may argue you that that wasn't part of the terms but i i will say this uh he he has a, a current theory going on that he's like you know john's a stand-up guy i know he's gonna like put me through my paces for however many hours but he thinks that at the end of it he may he may get like you know a, a good sportsman like beer and, and maybe like a sandwich for lunch uh I think you should hold out on him. If he counters that the outfit wasn't negotiated in the terms, then be like, well, I was going to be a stand-up guy, but now you're just going to starve and thirst while you do this. So you better dress up, buddy. Yeah, I'll, I'll use that as leverage. But no, he, yeah, it'll, you're going to show up with the cameras, right? Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. We've got All two right. cameras. We'll, we'll make sure that uh, we got some cameramen. i got some friends that live in the neighborhood. That's should good. not be a problem. That's good, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll film it. And, uh, you know, anytime we need to hold something over, and we'll just release a new piece of footage. All right, that sounds great. All right, so we're going to go talk to the head chef. We're going to make sure I get the proper food to eat for the night before. And uh, right before you lock up the doors the night before punishment day, uh, I'll get in there and I'll blow things up. So, Nick, get ready. Your punishment's going to be a real blast, buddy. <laughs> Partner, come on, you gotta relax. Don't force it. Get a blow out your O-ring. Drop a lung. Who does number two work for? Who does number two work for? That's right, buddy. You show that turd who's boss. Hey, hey, just grab a hold of something, bite your lip, and give it hell. Come on. We're going to get through this. Hey, that, that sounds pretty nasty. How about a courtesy flush over there? Jesus Christ, boy. 
What did you eat? It's a bit nutty.